Yeah, here. We're fine. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Get in the Garage. I am your host, Mike, with... I'm Luke. Luke, once again. Um, welcome. Today, we are going to cover... The Ramones. The Ramones. R-A-M-O-N-E-S. Oh. So, um, we thought that Ramones would be an interesting topic to cover because I, Luke and I were talking before we started the podcast, and I guess my angle at this band slash topic is one that's like, I feel like the Ramones, like, this is the way I'll say it, like... Pretty much everyone who's listening. Do you remember that like one week where all you listened to was that one Sublime album? <laughs> Do you know? Uh, that was a whole summer for me, Michael. Yeah, so like I don't know. Whole... I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, me, me and my friend Jim. That whole summer, yeah. we listened to Sublime in that garage. I don't practice. <laughs> Listen, know? I very much watched my friend smoke weed that whole summer and did <laughs> <Yeah>. not partake <laughs> Just, at yeah, all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm. But what I what I mean to say. Right, is that um, you know one tends to listen to bands during like the formative years of their lives, and I think that you can create sort of an emotional attachment to those bands. And for me, the Ramones was not one of those bands. Mike was a little metalhead over. I was, here. yeah, I was like into the the metal stuff. I, 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 you know, ranging from say I don't know like Kill Switch Engage, all the way to like cannibal corpse and like you know i loved all the super super heavy stuff the i think i've said it before on the podcast but the punk is the closest to punk that i ever genuinely got this is not counting green day oh, is green day a punk band that's um, a whole nother question whole yeah, nother time for another day yeah. everyone. <laughs> um but yeah the closest to punk i got was okay maybe the ramones and the way that my hearing punk right but like actively listening to anything that was remotely punk was either the early early metallica like by that i mean the first album yep um and maybe like motorhead yeah okay yeah you know uh have you ever heard the motorhead tribute to the ramones no what oh they wrote a song called r-a-m-o-n-e-s and the Ramones end up covering it themselves, but it's Lemmy wrote a song for them about them. Yeah. Yeah, Joey and um, Lemmy were really good friends. Y- yeah, I was going to say, so just in preparing for the podcast, you know, I obviously like, you know, you watch a couple interviews and stuff like that just to kind of get the juices flowing. You know, you throw on the albums, you're kind of like, you get, you're like, okay, Ramones, you know, let's do it. Um, but yeah, that was something that I, I hadn't known was that uh, him and Lemmy were 
so close. Like, and you see interviews with them, like being interviewed together, and you know, you can see they just like they're they like, really genuinely liked each yeah, other. Yeah, they were like good buddies, you know. And I feel like we're going to talk to this a little bit like later, but I, it's that outcast, um, you know, pardon like for a better term, it's that loser spirit, like that fringe kind of. I uh, think that they, I think definitely like Joey was the whole band was really outcasts. When you say like outcasts, these are people like society didn't want or didn't deem right that, you know, it's those people that society outcasts. We just they don't have any need for them. Yeah. And I feel like Lemmy was one of those people. And I feel like Joey was one of those people. And I feel like those kind of people end up they find each other. And I feel like that's a lot of like how punk started in New York around that scene at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Is all those people finding each other and uh, becoming valid because of it. And, you know. Yeah. And the. um, But to bring it back to like discovering. Yeah. My first like ever thinking about like knowing the Ramones are a thing is um, my sister had a dress that she had bought and it was a prince of their faces. And I remember not knowing it was even a band. Yeah. I assumed it was because that was like what my sister was into. But um, by the way, my sister is uh, <laughs> my wife. Yeah. So it was pointed out to me that I do not say that on the podcast and talk as if me and Mike are not brother-in-law. But yeah, we are. Yeah, we're family. So that being said, anyway, my sister had that dress and had their faces on it. And she wore it on her birthday one day. And it happened that she had asked for her own cd and when she unwrapped it um somebody like an adult that like uh i like respected was like oh you like the ramones and jade was like my sister jade was like yeah i do and i for some reason it was just like it like clicked with me and i still remember it Mm -hmm. and then the first time i heard it because i wasn't allowed to touch like jade cds (laughs) so like tough if you're gonna hear it but um we were in the car, and I don't remember what we were doing. Uh, we, were, we were in the car. We were in the truck, and we were going past Bacchus Hospital, and Jade popped it in the CD player like a couple of days after her birthday. You know, it was yeah. like, and I was like, oh, that's, this is that CD. And uh, as soon as it started playing, it, like, you know, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like confused, really. I was like, what is this? It was exciting. It was loud. It was fast. It didn't make I'd never heard anything really like that. Mm-hmm. And... Um, the more she would play it, the more it spoke to me. But I don't know if I could like articulate that then, mm-hmm. you know, because like I really related hard to these lyrics that people think are like jokes. But that's like the whole thing. There's like a sophisticated beauty to how simple it is. And they mm. can speak like to me, at least the Ramones speak on so many levels of like my personality and my like that kind of because I, I mean i consider myself a little out like outcasty yeah i definitely do and the ramones were like they just spoke to me on that level because that's what they were singing but they were singing about themselves you know um so like let's now that we kind of covered that we can kind of talk about where the ramones start so the ramones start new york city queens um, baby yeah forest hills queens yeah um, 1974. Yeah, around there. They they start rumbling in that era. Um, yeah. They yeah. all kind of knew each other, um, mostly because they were the only people that they knew that had listened to the Stooges. Like, that was what I've heard like um, them explain. They were yeah. like, we all listened to the Stooges in the New York Dolls. And yeah. nobody liked the Stooges, and nobody liked the New York Dolls. So if you did, 
outcasty, you would kind of meet together and be like, well, these are my people, I guess. Yeah. And through that, um, they all kind of started hanging out. But if we're talking about the Ramones, they are vastly different personalities. Um, so oh yeah, man. Let's yeah. let's get let's give you members right here. So we have uh, Joey Ramone. Joey Ramone was incredibly tall, um, skinny. Yeah, had long black hair. He had like the original emo haircut before it was an emo haircut. Yeah. He had like the hair that kind of went over one of his eyes. You know, I I loved like the throwback or not even the throwback, but just like the John. Maybe I guess it was kind of throwback. The John Lennon sunglasses he's always wearing. Yeah, you know, and it's like that kind of thing he's trying to put off. But uh, Joey is incredibly shy. Uh, he is obsessive compulsive. Mm-hmm. Um, like Joey has a lot of problems, man. Yeah, <laughs> life's hard. Life's yeah. hard. You know, life's really hard and that's kind of like where he's coming from. And then you have his opposite, which would be Johnny Ramone. Johnny Ramone grew up a complete like throwing bricks through windows kind of kid. Anything bad he could do, he said he did it just Hmm. to do it. He was horrible. You know, got sent to military camp, you know, all this stuff. And it like really, you know, it wasn't. He, he was just keep. He was going down that bad, bad, bad path. He was like anything bad, from morning till night. That's what I did. Yeah. Um. And then one day, it just hit him. They didn't want to live like that. Um. And he decided to kind of go straight. And then he lived his life very uh, regimented, uh, and like militaristic mm. for the rest of his life. Yeah. Um. Very like by the book kind of guy. Yeah. Um. And he's a conservative. Which is rare for punk rock. Yeah, when I found that out, I was like, oh, that's yeah, where mm, Joey, interesting dynamic. Yeah, where Joey is the bleeding heart liberal. Yeah. Right? Okay, so then that brings us to Dee Dee Ramone. <laughs> Dee Dee Ramone, I think, is the real heart of the Ramones. He's absolutely like the the songwriter. He's the one that would write... I mean, if you're going to like, I'll talk to like how maybe like some of these songs don't sound like they're emotionally heavy, but they definitely are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dee Dee was bringing that to the table. Um, and Dee Dee, what would make him kind of an outcast in the circle or, you know, like that in life really was mm-hmm. he was like an addict to everything. Yeah. Um, and he lived his life that way. Kind of like a perpetual, perpetual little kid kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, had problems with drugs, alcohol. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. Vices. Um, yeah. And then you have Tommy, who is the drummer. Now, when the Ramones are first coming together, Tommy's the glue because he's the only one that's got his, his, like, his shit together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it was described in the end of the century documentary. Uh, like, Dee Dee's talking, and I don't think it like comes off to a lot of people what he's trying to say, but it was, what he's saying is, uh, I was jealous of him because he could make a sandwich. Now, mm. what that means, like, what he's saying is, like, Dee Dee ha- was so. They were all kind of so like couldn't figure out how to live life, like how to buy bread, how to like buy groceries, how to clean yeah. your house. They were just dysfunctional people. They didn't know the zip code. Right. You know? Yes. And like Tommy had it together enough to be able to have like his place and have like food. And he was kind of the one holding the glue down. Yeah. Um, and he really brought these people together. He was saying, you, you guys should start a band. You should start a band. You should start a band. And, and Johnny was like, you're an idiot. I'll never be in a band with any of these people. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um. And the strange thing is, like Johnny, like the the New York Dolls and all that stuff too, and mm-hmm. which is strange. Yeah. It's so strange, but I think he's Johnny is like he comes off as strange, but I you gotta respect it. 
because he, mm. he just he has a very open mind as much as his mind is closed if that can make kind of sense i feel i can hear that though all right so these these group of people come together um and they really they form a band because tommy's like you guys you gotta form a band um now all that stuff going on at cbgb's is that's happening and i don't think it's really i i don't think the Ramones were hanging out as much before they were in a band. I feel like the only reason they end up in CBGBs is that they're in a band. Otherwise, they would go be going seeing bands maybe, but I feel like that's their main because they don't sound like... Now, we're talking CBGBs bands, like the... the, Talking Heads. Yeah, so you got... Yeah, well... Right. Yep, you got Talking Heads. You have Blondie. um, I'm pretty sure like Johnny... Thunders and is kind of quaking at this point. Yeah. A lot of the other bands in that area in that time. But what makes the Ramones different is they don't sound like television and they don't sound like Blondie. They don't sound like those bands. The Ramones were a throwback to rock and roll because they hated what was happening. Yeah, which that's I think that's what I fell in love with the Ramones because I listened to the Ramones and I thought, okay, it's a punk band. And then you were like, Oh, the Ramones, man. They're like my favorite rock and roll band. And I'm like, oh, yeah, they're a rock and roll band. It's, and you listen to it and you're like, oh, yeah, duh. Like, this is totally, this is just really, really fuzzy, fast rock and roll. It's basically like, I, I, I saw um, <laughs> I, I saw this video. This guy was talking about the Ramones and he, he, he referred to them as like the Beach Boys on bath salts. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and that's the whole thing is... uh. The Ramones, you you might think anti rock and roll, right? But you couldn't be further from the truth. the The truth is that the Ramones loved rock and roll, but they loved it in its purest, stripped down form. Right? They wanted to give it to you instantly. It's that immediacy. Mm-hmm. I want it now. I want it now, 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 now. I don't want to think about it. Yeah. And what they really did too was like when when they did this. This is like. I, f- I find that this this concept is like high concept. They they in the middle of this you have like yes and all these like dinosaur bands the who. I mean yeah. I'm a big who guy but like by this time like come on guys like it it was wrapping up. It was wrapping up. Yeah. You know? And, and there was, was there was a need for something fresh. Yeah, and and this is so fresh because it's it's immediate. You could have it now. Yeah. And the thing was that when you bought the Ramones first record was that 1976 I believe. Yeah. You bought the Ramones' first record in 1976. You brought this home, and you instantly could think, think I can do this. And, and yeah. that's that's what the message I got, too, was because, like, everybody's like, oh, it's simple, it's three chords. You know, you like that's like what you kind of hear. Yeah, but then yeah. you're, you're like, yeah, but but people like it, and I could do it. Yeah. So that's the other thing that, you know, that the Ramones gave. But so they're hanging out at CBGB's, and I don't think they really fit in that scene other than that they're different. And all those other bands were different than other bands, I guess, going on at the time. But, um, oh yeah, you might hear some dog footprints, everyone. <laughs> footprints? Paw prints? Paw, paw, uh, no. I don't know. Anyway. Paw steps. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. So, well, they're playing CBGBs. Um, what really happens, everybody, is a Rolling Stone article comes out, and it does really well for them. Um. So people, because they're playing, because they're different, um, kind of like the Andy Warholy people hanging around at CBGBs mm-hmm. start to notice the band yeah. and build a following around that kind of Andy Warholy, you know, people that were hanging out, artists, yeah, um, everybody that was you know into that kind of scene. 
Um, and the Ramones really shined in the Rolling Stone article, and that's where it really where it set off because Rolling Stone went down to CBGB, saw that there was a scene happening of original music happening in New York. Um, these guys weren't cover bands, you know, that was very different cover, you know, even like, let's talk about that. You're playing in a bar. You are a cover band playing in a bar. These people were playing in bars and playing original music that really had not been done in America like that. If you were bar cover music and it still happens today. Yeah. If you go out and try to play original music in a bar and that's why CBGB's was great for these people because it let them play the music that they wanted to play and it made an art scene form. Mm. you know listen up people you want your art scenes to form let people play music <laughs> um yeah if you want if you guys want a dj get a dj i don't get the i mean i whatever guys you know sometimes i like to hear covers but original music <laughs> let's bring it back um here here though for real Come so on. the ramones really shined in that rolling stone article so who, i don't know who wrote that article but they kind of spotted them and they were like the ramones um so also around this time uh, Linda Stein, who is the wife of Seymour Stein, who owns Sire Records, she's kind of hanging around that scene too. And so is Danny Fields. Mm. And I believe one of them told the other one. And I think Linda told uh, Danny Danny Fields, yep. you got to come see this band. What do you think? This is your kind of band. Now, we talked about uh, Danny Fields last week episode a little bit. Um, Danny Fields was... At first, the like, um, I think he was like art management at Electra Records, kind of worked with the doors, um, signed the Stooges, signed the NC5, and yeah. then he ended up in New York City to see the Ramones. When he saw this band, he, he the what I kind of laid out for you guys before, he saw that vision of them. He mm-hmm. was like, this is pure rock and roll. I love it. I want to I wanna help this band as much yeah. as I can. He said, so he went to the Ramon and said, can I manage you guys? And the Ramon said, buy us a drum kit. And he went, all right. And that, that's what happened. Yeah. Um, now, Linda Stein said to her husband, hey, you got to sign this band. They're the band. And they did. So that's how the Ramones got in a record uh, deal. They make their first album, 1976, like he was saying earlier. They're, they're floating around uh, 74. I think I've heard 74 demos before. Yeah. Uh, I believe you can like look them up on YouTube. I used to have them on my iPod back in the day, everybody. Oh, yeah. But, you know, I haven't dug those out in a while. Um, so, yeah. So, like, 74, they're definitely a band. They're rumbling, uh, playing CBGBs. Da, 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 da. 76 comes out. The album comes out, right? This album comes out, but who bought it? Because the Ramones didn't go on a tour. But, <laughs> no, for real, though. They did yeah, like no, a, I, I looked. They did, they they did like, a mini tour in 76, I believe. They went over to L.A. Their, I know their first show out in New York was uh, Toad's Place, Opening up for the Edgar Winter Group. Oh no way! Yeah, they got uh, yeah they got bottles thrown at them. So I think that was like their first at a New York show. I think that might have been seventy five, seventy six. They definitely go. Yeah, this album is I have in front of me actually live August twelfth, seventy six, and this would have been the tour for that first album. Um, and I don't believe they played like a ton of dates, but what they did do was they went over to Europe. Mm, yes, and this was something that I wanted to talk to you about, right? Yeah. Being the Having the the knowledge of the Ramones that you have, right? Would you say that to a certain extent that the Ramones kind of got the shit end of the deal when you looked at at the time mm-hmm. or shortly thereafter when you look back at the creation of punk? Yeah, like every Ramones song should have been a number one hit. Like right, but would you say that that, that like that the Ramones started something that maybe 
the Brits, like the Sex Pistols, and oh, stuff, they stole and it. And the Clash, of course, kind of they stole did. it. And then absolutely, because I re- I saw an interview with Robert Plant. Yeah, and he's talking, and 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 in his mind, yeah, it it's, was kind of shocking because in like, his he's mind, like UK he's first. Like, well, and he thought that Nirvana was like the origin story of punk music in the United States. Yeah, that's crazy. Which to me, I was like, wait, Robert Plant? That's what Robert Plant thought? I mean, I'm assuming I mean, thought because if somebody, I mean, if know. we're talking that this, if we're talking this talk, it's America all day long. I'll give yeah, you, I'll all give day you the long. First, I'll give you the first reason. Yeah. Iggy and the Stooges. Yeah. It, that's, I mean, you don't get more punk than that. That right. was punk in 69. Right, right, right. And they would, I mean, act, they would play, I mean, okay, they had slow songs, but they had, they had upbeat songs and stuff too that you could say. I mean, by the time you get to Rob Power, and I think that's 1973, Rob Power is, I mean... Yeah. Does the the song raw power? That's the whole song. Yeah. It doesn't switch up. That's punk. That's so punk. Yeah. 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 I mean, and so, and that's that's where the Ramones are coming from. Right. Where they just made it. What made punk a style of music is speed. I feel like that's where you know what you know what I'm saying. It's speed. That that's where like it's punky because it's fast. I think it's speed and. Speed also falls into that, but it's just yeah, it's the uh, it's the way that it's delivered to you because it is kind of like like you listen to the first Ramones album and you're just like, oh yeah, I hear Little Richard, yeah, I hear you know what I mean. I hear Jerry Lee Lewis. I hear you know what Elvis, I love. I hear you know what I love about that first record too, man. Is uh, was I want to be your boyfriend? Yeah, hey little girl, it's like yeah. a beat. They're trying to be like the Beach Boys. Yeah. And they're being really sincere about yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, but th- that, that's what I'm saying, though. It's so good, and it's just like, again, for, f- um, and I love the Beach Boys. But, and but that, for me, who but, loves a distorted guitar, it's just like, oh, this is like the melding of these two perfect worlds, where it's just like it's Chuck Berry meets. Yeah, you know. I want to be your boyfriend. It's like Beatlesy too. Yeah. Hey, little girl. You know, it's just like. Yeah, and I would definitely. I would say that is a fair kind of comparison to be drawn between them and the Beatles. I don't know. And, I don't, I don't know if that's too bold to say because the Beatles like, are the Beatles. Let's but. talk to, and I don't want to be this guy, but if we're talking like in, intellectually wise, like, I mean, I guess I don't, I just don't relate to the the UK as much. And definitely the Sex Pistols, I don't relate to as much. Yeah, I'm and not, I mean, I But wasn't. it's mostly because it's more, I feel like they were more driving like, a, you know, they're like, I just feel like it's not, as sincere yeah the, well that's what i'm saying well, like, or like they could care less about it like yeah. that that kind of punk attitude like i could care less if i even do good yeah. and the ramones wanted to do they wanted to be a good band yeah and that's i think why i, I like look at i look at them and i, I can't relate as much maybe because i'm like you guys kind of seem like you always don't want to be here and when you seem like you always don't want to be here i think you kind of do you don't want to be there yeah so and 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 you know what i mean and it seems like they were they were trying to be shocking in like in terms of the lifestyle and like the yeah but alice Alice cooper was shocking in such a better way yeah so so much high class but what i mean is is that like you know you hear there's like these scandalous sort of things that they would do that kind of seem like for the press and kind of like oh this you know johnny rotten whatever like this gross thing would happen and they're like yeah that's right almost okay almost like how jim morrison might outshine the doors in his era as like a teen star doing outlandish things getting drunk on stage yeah whipping out his lizard king you know yeah yeah and insulting the crowd and like you know Calling them a bunch of <laughs> slaves and idiots and all this, you know. 
So it's like, but that's what I mean, though. It's like, yeah. So like the, the I feel, artistic mind. It's a tough one to analyze. It's a tough it's one crazy. to analyze. But if we're talking about like the Ramones, okay. So like we're ta- we just talked about I want to be your boyfriend, right? On the first record. So like I kind of want to like dive into the first record a lot because yeah. everywhere the Ramones did go or whoever did buy this record, they did start a band. Like everybody, yeah. you. There's so many stories. The, the Dead Kennedys, uh, Black Flag. Uh, Bad Brains is named that's a Ramon song yeah yeah. you know it's just like the DC scene every scene that popped up it, they saw they just they saw what they were doing and yeah. they were like I want to do that too and I can so if we're talking like songs though you have some like high class stuff on here Blitzkrieg Bop yeah. like I mean there's like there's reference there's a lot of reference to like Germany and to uh, like Cold War era stuff, uh, yeah. Blitzkrieg Bop is a uh, you know Blitzkrieg the World War Two Blitzkriegs on um, on Britain back in the day the bombing you know yeah it's like kind of has all the you know shoot him in the back like you know it's but it's got also like another meaning like relating to like yeah more of like you know what I'm saying oh yeah more of like a just like having fun and goofy um and even just like okay beat on the brat that's like an aspect of their life like. Somebody was snitching. You gotta beat that dude up. Like that, <laughs> yeah. they lived it. It was a hard. New York was a hard. You know what I'm saying? A hard place, and these people were hardened people. Yeah. So like, but then you have beat on the brat, but you also have I want to be your boyfriend. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's so sweet, and that's where you get the yin and the yang. So you also realize that these are sensitive people. These are artists, and maybe like beat on the brat is just more of a statement of where they were and how they had to live and where they lived. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. like, I want to be your boyfriend is more of like the innocent longing for innocence kind of thing. Yeah. And, um, I mean, sniffing glue, like I want to talk about a little bit, like, I don't want to go down to the basement. Like, cause that one to me on the surface, and that, that's one of the first songs Ramones wrote. And I believe it's more of a DD song. That one to me is like, it's like, hey, daddy, oh, I don't want to go down to the basement. There's something down there. You know, I don't want to go. So that is like a little kid fear, right? Yeah. But like, how many of us are still afraid of the dark? Like, really? Think about it. Like, you're in the middle of the woods. It's dark. You're afraid. You're going to yeah. be afraid. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, that's an ancient, I think. Um, yeah. And like, even, <laughs> that, even to write. Human feeling, you know. Even to write a song about such an innocent childhood fear is just so out of the ordinary for our, our most of our egotistical lives like we're not really like thinking about it that yeah. way it's a it's um it's very it's a very vulnerable song yeah you, you know, know what i'm saying yeah. like he's saying i'm afraid it's like a cry for help it, yeah well he's saying like <laughs> you know you know like hey i'm afraid of the dark too are you afraid of the dark yeah you know and that's kind of like a sensitive thing to say to somebody yeah. you know and like that's the level of kind of where it's coming from but also it's like hey daddy I don't want to go. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like it can be presented to, and that's what punk is. It's making kind of everything that's bad or vulnerable or hard to look at yeah. pretty. And okay, so other songs in here. Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World is probably the last one I really want to talk about. Oh, maybe 53rd and 3rd too. 53rd and 3rd is <laughs> oh so good. Uh, it's about turning tricks. Uh, if you don't know what turning tricks is, look it up. Um, so it's about turning tricks on the corner in New York City. Um and Didi Ramon um, is turning a trick, and he kills somebody in the story of the song. But that's where that was their life. Fifty Third and Third was a real place where people hung out and did that thing. Yeah, you know. So that's what I'm talking about. Like, 
this is like at, at some point they're also they're sensitive but they're also relating the toughness of their times and that's where like the yin yang it's yeah. it's so can be so profound is, isn't that though kind of like the isn't that always the best music yeah you that has I mean? both edges yeah and and that uh finds it laughs at itself too i think yeah a lot yeah. which is also like the nice part about it yeah you know and and, and yeah and it's almost and, like like how the who would like laugh at themselves it was like always kind of back in like the beginning it was kind of tongue-in-cheek yeah like boris the spider yeah. you know it was like th- it was that kind of like uh thing to rock and roll i also i also find it very in a way kind of relatable to uh kind of like earlier hip-hop and stuff and even like 90s hip-hop because i mean if you listen to well, those what lyrics was, they're, what ta- was they're brewing, talking that's what they're talking about what was brewing in new york city at the same time like that yeah. these people knew that, yeah. like that that's they you know what i mean even though it wasn't the same scene like it was a little bit like the clash highly influenced by uh, the New York scene and what was yeah. going on there. And they put out some of like the funkiest almost rap songs. And they actually, yeah. they were rapping. Like they were throwing down verses over repetitive beat, you know? Yeah. But yeah, interesting to just draw that, draw that comparison too. Cause that's what I'm seeing. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, when, when you hear lyrics that are talking about, I think that kind of stuff, you know, it's the highest class song on here that may we come up as the lowest class is the today your love tomorrow the world. I'm a Nazi baby. I'm a Nazi. Yes, I am. I'm a Nazi Shotzi, and I fight for the fatherland. Like, okay, so <laughs> heavy stuff. There. It's heavy stuff. It's heavy stuff. But it's about a you know little German boy being pushed around. You know, today your love, tomorrow the world. Mm. It's about a little kid trying to get love in Germany. I, this is how I always kind of interpreted yeah, it. Yeah, saw it. I don't know if this is like right or not. I actually never really kind of looked up like what the meaning of it was, but I always interpreted that, you know, little German boy being pushed around today or love tomorrow the world is that if you don't get love, you know, nobody loves you. Maybe one day that person's going to be a bad person. Mm. That's always how I, you know, because yeah. he's like, I'm a Nazi, you know, like, and that's what, it, that's how I always interpreted that song. And I feel like a lot of people listen to it when he says, I'm a Nazi, they they cut it off, man. Yeah, they're but he like, doesn't. They, they're or not. they're or they're like this must be like an anti-Nazi song, and I, I feel like it it is obviously the Ramones aren't Nazis, yeah. you know. Yeah, but it's a very human song in that way, though. Too, do you know what I mean? Where it's like again, in the same way that it's like, uh, you know, I don't want to go out of the basement. You know, here's a perspective of. Like yeah. you said, maybe like a, and it's a young so, it's, German it's boy such, talking to his father and being like, but it's such like be, a, I don't want to be that. But these people, kind of, like, you know what I mean? Like I, some people got it, but most people weren't getting it at that level. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. I, I don't even know if I got, I, the only reason I feel like they connected with me is because I related to it, but I don't, I can't even tell you that I articulated it then. Like it, it you know, this is these things that hit me later when you're right. I'm listening and I'm like, oh, like, I guess that's probably why I did, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that's really the first album. Like we, I've just talked about that forever, but it's such a, an important record to yeah. to have and talk about and listen to and think about. I mean, I think about it on high high art level. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah. this is where I'm coming from, everybody. I'm looking at Van Gogh and I'm like, that's high class art. And I'm looking at the Ramones record and I listen to it and I'm like, this is high class art. Mm. It's the same level for me. Um, also, if you like the first album, uh, this was a record store day release, Live at the Roxy, August 12th, 1976. I also believe that this might have been expanded on uh, 
the second album CD or I know there's like a live on the expand on the CD version of it. Um, oh, okay. But this is like a compilation that came out on Record Store Day, Live at the Roxy, August 12, 76. Um, I believe this is their first trip over uh, to the West Coast of the United States. Um, and you get a really good blend of like raw early Ramones, really sounding rough and good. And they play some early tunes that you really don't get to hear live later. Um, you know, like, uh, like maybe like, I remember you beat on the brat, uh, you know, it's loud mouth, stuff like that. So yeah. anyway, it's a great record. Um, second record for me, leave home, leave home. I like this record, but it, I, I'm not, uh, uh, this is, uh, actually some of the Ramones records, uh, you know, a couple of them. I'm not a giant fan of the production on them. Um, it's just mm. the time, you know, I talk yeah. about this all the time, but, um, this one, I'm not crazy about the production on, but I love almost every song on this. Yeah. Record. I was going to say that, that was leave home was, I think, uh, and at some it, point I borrowed the, your CD of that. Oh, and yeah, I, yeah. I actually remember, I don't know, you know, this is a, a long time ago, but, um, I remember I was bringing, it was like this, it was a very nice day and I was bringing my car to go to the car wash. <laughs> And I was very excited about washing my car that day, and um, and yeah, and and uh, not that that's necessarily relevant, but like on my way there, and during the car wash, I just listened to this album, just and it was just like, I just need. It was an album that I, when I listened to it, I needed it because I was in a, I think, in a place where I felt kind of musically stale. Yeah, you know, in I, terms I of like, that. it's like when you go on Netflix, right? And you're just like trying to watch. You're trying, trying to find something to watch. Everything, everything looks like, like trash. Ugh. Everything sounds like trash. Yeah, yeah. You know, and um, and for the music that I I was listening to at the time, it's just like I felt that way. I wasn't really listening to a lot of music. I was just listening to like NPR and stuff. Yeah. But then I was like, you know what? Screw it. Let me throw this on. And man, it is man. That's a banger. I I feel you on the production, but I I you know. Yeah, and, and I mean it is, is a high. A... It's actually better than the first album. I I'm just that guy that's just like don't produce it. Yeah. So I mean yeah, my yeah. opinion's kind of garbage a little yeah, bit. Yeah, but I but the thing is, especially with them, it's like it's like know, don't kinda... produce it, right? Yeah, like don't. Right, right, like, right. I mean, yeah. I mean, me and Johnny Ramone are on the same page because <laughs> yeah. that's his. He's just like every time he's just like in his book, which uh, you should read. It's called Commando. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, also, he wrote like lists his whole life, so he'll be like. My top favorite bands, my top favorite music, da, da, you know, like movies, like uh, it's really great book. But he also talks about every album and uh, he's just like, yeah, once again, the producer was just like, you should do this. And I was like, you're an idiot. And then, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like that kind of vibe. Um, so a uh, song on here that I really, really like. OK, that I like, again, can kind of can I, I can relate to, man. OK, so this is like their calling card to me is Pinhead. You know, the lyrics, Gaba Gaba, we accept you, we accept you, one of us. Yeah. Right? All right, so this comes from a movie. Um, that I believe at the 1932, I believe it's the year, it, the movie is called Freaks. Now, Freaks was a movie that came out in 1932, and it had um, sideshow uh, performers in it. Now, um, what they used to call, I believe the uh, disorder is called uh, microcephaly. And it's like a uh, kind of it gives you to be kind of, you know, this song is called Pinhead. So this is what it's about. It gives you a pinhead. Um, and so there were people like this in the movie. They were like conjoined twins and it was called Freaks. And it really freaked people out when they saw it. And they were like really like uh, shocked by it. And it was kind of like, a, I guess, a horror movie for the time. But um, 
a kind of cool thing about the movie is that these people um did get to act in movies and that they were you know like uh they got to represent themselves on some level i guess um and i guess that's why it kind of lives on because it's kind of like a, a moment of glory where they did get to be human and get to be shown and seen and people mm. would you know maybe not accept them at the time but like we watch that now and i think it you know not proud that maybe they were displayed that way but they got to kind of maybe have a moment in the sun for a minute i don't mm. know if that's right but that's what i think they were taking away from it because that line that movie is is uttered we accept you know we accept you one of us yeah um and they the ramones were saying hey if you're an outcast if you're a freak if someone's called you a loser we accept you you're one of us like right. Yep. Come on in. We're all different. We don't get along. We don't even like each other. <laughs> yeah, but we're brothers. Real, we're brothers. They're all yeah. Ramones. That's what, like, that's when I listen to it. I, I feel like that. I feel like I could be, because, like, their family's dysfunctional. My family's dysfunctional. But yeah. they're still the Ramones. Yeah. You know? And, like, that's what that line is. Like, it's so, when you kind of learn the backstory from it, it's, like, from this movie of, mm. like, it has so much more weight to it. And they were, you know, saying, like, Okay, and then the, the lyric, you know, is like a D-U-M-B. Everyone's accusing me. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know if anybody's been called dumb a lot in their life, but I've been called dumb a lot in my life when I was a kid in school. Like, I had a lot, lot of, like, uh, trouble learning. I just had learning disabilities. I don't learn like a lot of other people. A lot of people call me dumb. And I know I'm not dumb. But, you know what I mean? Mm. D-U-M-B. Everyone's accusing me. Like... When people are calling you dumb and calling you a freak, like, we're going to be your family. Like, that is such a powerful, like, statement of inclusion. Yeah. That that's what resonated with me. And I don't think a lot of people, like, are picking up on it. You know what I mean? Like, maybe they're like, oh, we want, like, fans. I think it's, like, way deeper than that. If you look yeah. at, like, from that movie up, I think that that's the level that they were kind of coming at. But they were, it's tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. But at the same time, I think it's really heartfelt. I think it does have some serious, some weight to it. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And like, I mean, that's I that I don't know that everybody can relate to that, but that's where I'm coming from in this world, and that's why the Ramones are speaking to me. Um, and then there's other songs in here. I mean, that I love. Uh, You're gonna kill that girl mm. about Dee like uh, killing his girlfriend who was a prostitute and yeah. like tried to like kill him. She stabbed him in the butt one time. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Uh, her name was Connie. She also dated. Uh, the, I think it's a drummer for the New York Dolls and tried yeah. to, or no, the bass player, uh, and tried to sum his thumb off. Yeah. Oh my yeah, God. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this lady was crazy. Um, You're Gonna Kill That Girl is about her. And um, what's that other song? It's, uh, oh, Glad to See You Go. Uh, glad to see you go, 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 goodbye. That's about her too. Mm. Um, So that's pretty interesting. But yeah, there's, I'm even like glad to see, you. yeah, glad to see you go. And in a moment of passion, get the glory like Charles Manson. Like, yeah. come on, it's so good. It's like so like funny and like they take it as like the guy from the cult leader, like you know, yeah, stance. And it's like a, I think it's a good commentary. I think it's funny. You know what I mean? Laughing at bad things is funny on some level. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's what like I mean. You look at uh, even like current comedians now and stuff you know what i mean like the com nowadays the com they say like the co comedians are the new rock stars you know yeah like pushing pushing but that's what i'm saying it like f it forces you to kind of look at some ugly stuff but you can kind of laugh at it but laugh at it not and you're making fun of it but laugh at sort of like 
the the preposterousnessly the ridiculous of just hypocrisies what, of life really yeah, like you yeah, could kind yeah. of laugh at it instead of yeah. being so hurt by it all the time exactly yeah yeah, I, yeah. I think and it can be therapeutic you know what i mean it can be it has a quality of healing when you can kind of laugh at your misfortune you or know? even when you can kind of like look at it yeah you know what i mean like uh this is going to be like a weird example but um the dead kennedy's album um with like it has like a a, a child's hand and I don't know from what country, but it's like a starving child's hand and like a, you know, a normal healthy person's hand. It's like shrunken. And I feel like even just seeing like that kind of image, it, it one, it's so bold mm. and it, it's shocking, but it, it, one might make you care one, you know, and then yeah. two, it's like seeing it and then knowing, you know what I mean? Almost like you're like, okay, it, you can kind of like accept it more i don't Mm. know if i'm trying to explain that right does that yeah i know what you're saying not that you can like laugh at it because it's not funny but at at some level it's just like it's almost like if the funny horrible part is is that like the world has enough money to solve all these problems and we just don't yeah that's i think the kind of the statement of it and i feel like it's like look at these people like you know we have mcdonald's you know burgers but there are hungry people everywhere it's yeah. like you know and that's the i think like that's kind of and that that's may not be i'm sure if a comedian could like maybe take that premise and like put a punchline in there somewhere yeah warp it into something that's yeah. what i'm talking about but i hear you though yeah i mean that's um is like most great music you know it it um it presents you the realness of life but you can kind of accept it more because the medium where it's delivered is an artistic one and i think that I think kind of trigger maybe honesty has something mm, to do with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, man. Okay. So um, the, my favorite Ramones album of all time, rocket rocket to Russia, to Russia. studio would, album, studio album. Yeah. Everyone. My favorite studio album is rocket to Russia. Yeah. Um, also like guys, if you want to look at the back artwork of rocket to Russia, um, you have like the pinhead logo that Ram- the Ramones would use. Um, this is actually it's supposed to look like um, someone from that movie Freaks uh, called Schlitzy, uh, hmm. and you should look up Schlitzy. Schlitzy had an interesting life, um, and our local, actually NPR station, uh, Colin McEnroe did a show about uh, Schlitzy, and you should look it up. It's really, called the Colin McEnroe show, um, and that's how I first learned about Schlitzy. I love Colin, and then you know I ended up relating it to my fa- one of my like my favorite band of all time. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And I didn't even know. It was like another story that came out. I never knew about Schlitzy, and I just had heard it about um, him on the radio, and it ended up, you know, one day, and then I ended up, oh, oh, that's that movie Freaks, okay. Oh, that's uh, that's a quote from that movie? Oh, that's in a Ramon song. And then I Mm. flip over, and there's Schlitzy on the back cover (laughs) riding a rocket to Russia. Yeah. I spun this one earlier. I have a cool press. I have a, uh, it's not, it's not mine. It's my brother's. It's on, he, he, he loaned it out to me, but it's this cool, uh, Portuguese pressing. Oh, I I used to have a Portuguese of the second album, but I sold it when I was real broke. Oh man. Mm. The, 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 uh, the, 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 uh, the cases, the sleeves for them are, are, they're really weird. They're very, um, they're kind of like when you get like a UK pressing, you know what I mean? It's like thinner. It's a little, uh, this one wasn't, it wasn't glossy, but it was definitely super flimsy. It wasn't like that thick, sort of hard American cardboard. No, no, it was not. It was very much like flimsy, but it's, I mean. Yeah, I I do love that record. That's a great. That's a I good one. I think it plays the best. I mean, Cretan and the production on Rocket to Russia is my favorite Ramones production all time. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Uh, Cretan Hop starts off the album. There's no stopping the Cretans from hopping. Then you get Rockaway Beach. Listen to this po- this awesome poetic lyric. 
chewing out a rhythm on my bubble gum. The sun is out, and I want some. It's not hard, not far to reach. We can hitch a ride to Rockaway Beach. Like, chewing out a rhythm on my bubble gum. Like, how... And it's so percussive and like, oh, what a great line. Yeah. Oh, what a great line. It's like one of the best lines in rock and roll. You know what I mean? It's... That's like that kind of stuff is like what what gets me about the Ramones. It's like they were writing like top notch rock and roll songs. Like Rockaway Beach guys should have been the number one hit. But as Mike was like talking about before, I mean, I think it should have. At least it should have like charted super high. And this is the reason I don't think it did is because everyone in the UK was spitting on each other. And it's like they that's where I yeah. don't like the it, that kind of mob mentality in this was not what the Ramones were about. The Ramones were about making music. You know what I mean? Yeah. At the end of the day. And because of the outlandishness of the Sex Pistols, you know, the Ramones suffered greatly because yeah. they would not get played on the radio. Yeah, they just got lumped. It's like yeah, they got lumped in. Oh, this is a punk band? Pfft, garbage. What are they, spitting on people? Forget this. Yeah. And the Ramones weren't spitting on people. The Ramones were, at some level, trying to be dignified. They were trying to they were trying to rise themselves out of the, the oppression and hard life that yeah. they had been handed, you know? And they were working really hard. They were now, like, when you get to, like, Rocket to Russia, like, the Ramones really start, like, touring super heavy. And Oops. this is, like, the the legacy of the Ramones is everywhere they went. Like we said before, bands popped up. Canada, England, uh, D.C., uh, California, the Midwest. And the Ramones were playing, paving the first path. Now, the first path was definitely Ramones. Second path of those touring bands in the United States, Black Flag laid yeah. down the second wave and told everybody they could do it on listen the Listen to cheap. our first episode. Yeah. Listen to our first episode. We did Black Flag. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, this is, I mean, this is a great album though, man. Like, and I love how they do Surf and Bird on this. Yeah, because they're, they're giving, I think this is the more, like this is the most refined statement of them because they're giving you what they are at the core, which is prime rock and roll. And then they show you with like Surf and Bird, yeah. right? But then they also have uh, Sheen is a punk rocker on there, right? Yeah, Sheena's a punk rocker. Right, and then they're giving you like that. But Sheena is a punk rocker is one of the best power pop songs I've ever heard. Yeah. You know? The kids are all wrapped up and ready to go. You yeah, know, it's right. just it's just like a faster raspberry it's song. It's like you can do the twist to their songs. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. you could it's just like really fast, you know, like And it's so like it's so like cool because too, it's it's making fun of punk and being like Sheen is a punk rocker now. It's like the almost the same as that like that country song. You guys are gonna love this relation. Uh, gone country. Look at that those boots. She's gone country, right? Yeah. Isn't that just like another take on Sheen is a punk rocker? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's yeah. like oh, she just she put on that outfit. She's ready to go. She's a punk rocker now. Like <laughs> it, you can buy in. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's fun. It's tongue tongue in cheek, and it's also like. At some points, like, yeah, you could buy in. You could be a punk rocker. But on another level, it's like, yeah, you can join us. Like, anybody, you know? Yeah. What are you? You or Sheena? Get over here, you know? That's like – and it's so well written. Like, by this point, th- like, that concept that we've been kind of talking mm. about would be really – handled heavy in that first record this concept is brought into such a high class level on rocket to russia and even with the imagery on the front cover is they realized that the first cover was so striking i think that they went for the you know the same vibe yeah and can we just also talk about the outfits great, okay great outfits. yeah let's t- let's take a break let's take a break too to talk about who like the name the image and everything else that goes with that now the ramones are named after uh, Dee Dee started calling himself Dee Dee Ramon 
because he had heard that Paul McCartney, Paul when McCartney, he checked into yeah. hotels, mm-hmm. would check his name as Paul Ramone. So that's it's a love for the Beatles kind of thing, and he thought it'd be cool to take on a different name. He's like, I'm not Dee Dee anymore, or I'm not Douglas Coven. I'm, I'm Dee Dee Ramone. Yeah, which is cool. It, yeah. it gives you one you can be another person, which I think they they kind of all liked. Yeah. Now, uh, Joey, uh, his name. What is his name? Oh man, uh, Jeffrey Hyman. Um, oh yeah. Uh, Johnny is John Cummings. Right, and I don't know Tommy's last name. He's like Edelsting or something. It's hard I to pronounce. Know. You're gonna look at it and not know how to pronounce it. But um, yeah. So these people, those are the real names. So Didi started calling himself Didi Ramon, and they were like, "Oh, we should all be Ramon. We should all do that. That's cool. We should all do that." So they all took on the name Ramones, and when they did this. I feel like that's one why they stayed together so long. It made them brothers in a way. And everybody thought they were brothers at first because they all look striking because they all dress the same. The outfit of the Ramones is long hair down your shoulders, uh, jeans with holes in them. Yep. Uh, cheap shoes and or like a working man's shoes, like a working person's shoes. Like you would have like Keds, Converse, like a basketball shoe, some, nothing fancy. Yeah. It was never like, a, you know, like le- it was never like le- they weren't wearing leather shoes, maybe like leather boots, motorcycle boots. But those are yeah. people's shoes. Right, right. The Ramones dressed like people. Yeah, he would. They wouldn't go up there wearing like Oxfords. No, they look. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean? and, and of course, they had leather jackets. Yeah. But it's not because they were bikers. It was because, you know, Elvis wore a leather jacket. Yeah. And the, at first the Beatles wore leather jackets. And it was that vibe. That's mm-hmm. where they that's where they were coming from. Yeah. They were Elvis leather jacket. Yeah, you know you're gonna cool, have, right? You're I mean, gonna go have a rumble look, behind the driving. Yeah, right, right. With your leather jacket, it's like a greasers thing. Yeah, that's what I. That's like, but they all and so and the t-shirts they would wear. These are like people's t-shirts. These are like uh, New York Yankees. This is like who they were. Yeah, you know they were kind of wearing it on their sleeves. It's, uh, maybe like a cream magazine shirt. Well, I think it, it it shows you too how like even though maybe they took some influences from say like like a t-rex or like yeah new york dolls and stuff which was a which was coming kind of out of the glam rock thing yeah although they were influential on them musically um you know it the kind of went to show look, you they didn't look like anybody else. right they and, looked like aliens yeah they but they looked like aliens because they also kind of looked normal but you be, know what i and mean because they all look the same and because like they're Let's be straight. These guys are—they're kind of weird-looking dudes. They look—they're funky-looking dudes. Yeah. But because they all look the same too, I, I think on some level, when you saw them, you weren't like—they were all—they were like a gang, so you couldn't mess with them. They were all the same. Were you gonna make fun of all of them? There's four of them. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That's what, and, and it's just so straight. Like when I see a band, like it's the—it you know it's the same thing too. It's like it's the Beatles wearing their jackets. It's yeah. when when Brian Epstein put them in jackets. That was it. You know what I mean? And they like knew that. They knew to all dress the same. Yeah. They they like that was that's what that's Johnny. Yeah. You gotta have an outfit. You gotta wear the uniform. And like at times in this band, these people were like, I don't want to dress like this anymore. Yeah. And he was like, No, you're a hormone. This is our outfit. This is what we wear. And they wore that till the day they died. And it's cool. It's kinda like um it is in a way kind of a nod to like a band like KISS. 
Yeah. Right. Where it's kind it of is like an outfit. That, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah. At, it's like at, your at uniform. At some level, it's, you know, at some level, it became some of their personalities. But like Dee Dee, Dee Dee didn't want to wear this outfit all the time, and I'm sure some of them wanted to wear gym shorts once in a while. <laughs> yeah. Right. Not just like yeah tight denim ripped up pants yeah you know yeah and but it's, it is so striking though and you never forget it you see a picture of the ramones you never forget that image it's the concept like that's another thing too like i'm talking like a lot of modern bands come out and i look at them and i'm like who are these what's the concept tell me who you are by by not saying anything a right. little bit because like sometimes i want that I, and sometimes i want bands to be and I feel like this is why a lot of bands aren't, aren't rock bands aren't su- succeeding because they don't act like brothers. They don't act like they're, you know what I'm saying? They don't yeah. have that high concept of like, this is it. If I can give you a good quote um, <laughs> from the great Joey Diaz, he's like, if you got like three down ass motherfuckers, you could burn a whole fucking town down, <laughs> you know? And yeah. the, but it's true though. It's that mentality. It's, it's the like, the four of us are going to conquer the world. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. That's all it is. I yeah. love it. Yeah, it's awesome. It's yeah, it's such a it's a it's a beautiful thing. It definitely is. Um. So okay. So after this album, also we have a- as a child, this gave me something to wear that I could wear. Like <laughs> yeah, I, right. I want to talk about that too. Let's yeah. talk about that too a little bit. Is that um the Ramones were poor. Um, I, my family didn't have a ton of money, yeah. and this was the, I could wear this, and then I could be somebody. Yeah. You feel me? Because, yeah. like, I mean, we're, we're, uh, this is not my era, everybody. I grew up way later. I grew up when, like, everybody knew the Ramones were wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but still, like, buy the records, everybody, please. Yeah. I believe there's only still one gold Ramones album in the United States. Yeah. I think, I think maybe the first album is gone, but yeah, it's like, you yeah. know what I mean? Or, like, pla- buy the Ramones albums, everybody. Buy yeah. them. Listen to them. Anyway, it's like, this gave me something to be because this didn't cost money. I could I could afford Converse. I I could definitely afford a pair of jeans with holes in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it just so happened that all my shirts looked like that anyway. Yeah. Because these are these are working class people. Yeah. And that was an alpha I could buy. That was I could then I had an identity. I could be somebody. Right. And like not for nothing everybody, but I I mean I still dress like that to this day. Yeah. One cuz it's uh, convenient and two because that's who I am on some level. I'm a working class person. The Ramones working class band. Yeah. That's how they dress. That You know what I mean? And yeah. that's what maybe I'm trying to put off to the world a little and, bit. And, and they weren't trying to be something they weren't. Yeah, and that's why I, that's why I really like I mean? them too. And they, that's, that's not a knock on, say, like the David Bowies or the Elton Johns. You know, not, not you know, that's not a knock on that kind of a thing. Because that's, you know, no, but like, that's its own no, thing too. No, but like the, but, working, the working man needs his band too. Yeah. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I that's the, the other concept I feel like that we really didn't touch on is that they, I think, really felt was a pride of of their work ethic. Because let's talk to the Ramones. Two, I believe 2,226, 28, something like that shows. Wow. That's a lot of shows. That's a lot of shows. Yeah. And they stayed together. They stayed together 1974 to 1996. Yeah. It's a long time. Yeah, it is a long time. Um. So now then, Road to Ruin. Well, actually, okay. Is, so it's yeah, alive, I, is it does it go with that and then it's, it's alive. alive? It's alive first. Which can I just say that it's alive blew is, my mind because I was like, because when I, this was the first record, I was like, if you're gonna listen to the Ramones and you haven't, this is the one I recommend you listen to first. It's oh. their when I say it's their crowning. I mean, Rocket to Rush is their crowning achievement of a, like a studio album, but it's alive is is the. 
Uh, it's like the it's such it's everything you'd ever want from the Ramones in a uh, double live album. And this is my only question: How did Tommy Ramone not just collapse oh. of exhaustion? Because that was the first thing that stood out to me with this, where I was like, "Is he really playing that fast? He's playing that fast for that extent, like stamina, man, for like that length." Because the thing is, as you listen to them too, and they don't waste any time. They finish one song, what the Right into the next relentless just just shoving it down your throat and it's so wonderful it's so wonderful it's such a i don't know for me this live is just such an achievement yeah new year's eve uh 1979 at the rainbow in london yeah oh my god man yeah this i would say that that i would say that this set is relentless it's it is it is relentless, but in the be- in the best side way. four, like the the round up to side, like side four is like the round, like the end. It's like building up to the end of like the yeah. show. And for me, those group of songs, it just plays so intensely. It makes me so happy. Like I even know, I know like all the stuff Joey says in between the songs. Like after eating that chicken vindaloo, I wanna be well. You know, like I <laughs> yeah, know yeah. all the stuff. You know, it's great to be here in England with the Ramones. This one's called Rockaway Beach. Like you know, like that. It's like, yeah, and uh, what that's what's great. I I love um I I don't know I love well actually I the love be- Joey the Ramones of this delivery album is hey. We're the Ramones, and this one's called Rockaway Bitch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's after Blitzkrieg Bop is, it's great to be here in London. You know, it's like, but yeah. how, just that's the first thing he says, scream. And I love how New York they are. Yeah, they, well, know, they were unabashedly so, like, them. Yeah, man. That's what's... Aditi, one, two, three, four. Yeah, just counting it off. Just It's oh, so man. rock and roll. It's it like, is. you know what I mean? I, I yeah. just, it's alive is uh, it's just such a great live record it's my so fav- i mean i think it's overdubbed too in studio touch i don't care yeah who cares uh it's like the ramones say i don't care it's yeah. so good yeah yeah um Ugh, highly recommended so guys yeah. like if you're listening to this you know and hearing us bs about the ramones and i mean obviously you could tell like this is probably my favorite band of all time it's like for me it's like beach boys beatles ramones are all like tied like that's, yeah no, I would I would agree with and that. And if I'm making a list of like best bands of all time, I'm putting the Ramones too because because yeah. they were just so like influential and like they meant so much to so many people, I think, like the like the Beatles do. Like yeah. cuz I'm not the only one talking about the Ramones like this. Other people feel like oh, yeah. feel that passion of, Absolutely. of and the high artness of it at the yeah. same time. And it's what's interesting what's crazy about them is that their influence you know, because, all right, if, a little backstory on Luke and I, you know, okay, yes, I was, like, really into metal, but we had a bit of a scene, kind of a local scene, especially in Connecticut, uh, and there was a resurgence of punk music, and a couple of our buddies were in a band called Frank is My Co-Pilot. Oh, yeah. You know, and, um, yeah, just, like... And even that, like, I want that band influenced me so highly to, yeah. like, want to play music by myself. Like, I would watch that band and, and be like... I, I, I like I rem- the Ramones and they're, they're a punk band. This is exciting. Listen, I know these people. I remember watching their guitar player, Will. Great guy. The best. Great. I love Will. He's such a, he's such a good, he's such a good dude. And he was so, he was so nice to us too. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like just such a warm hearted, just, you know what I mean? Like such a sweet, such a sweet man. 
But um, you know, and so I'm uh, here. I am. I'm kind of like this frustrated, frustrated guitar player because I want to learn how to play like stupid fast. Because I'm listening to the you know the heavy, the harder, heavier stuff. And I remember just being kind of envious of him watching him play guitar with two fingers. With two fit, yeah. Because like, okay, so normally he could, if you're power, playing, he could hold a power chord with two fingers. Yeah, normally when you hold a power chord, right, you, it's with the index finger and the ring finger. But he he did it with his index finger and his middle finger, and I remember looking at him like, "What is this? What is he doing?" Like, but at the same time, so kind of like, so envious in in the way that it's like it sounds. It was, it, so it was music. Good. Yeah, it, it was sounded so good. Fun, good. It and was I, fun. Yeah, it was fun. It was great. Like everyone dug it. We were all really into it. You know, Matt, this kid Matt, he played drums for them. Just same thing, crazy. And then Jason. Yeah, um, had like a giant mohawk and played like a nice thumpy dunk 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 bass, yeah, you know, yeah, like a yeah. plunky. And he, plunky, oh, yeah, he always did the. Bass. And he had a crazy mohawk for a little while, and he wore like the studded, you know, denim like cut off vest with yeah. the patches and the studs all over it. And I was like, for me especially, uh, like you know, in my these are uh, these people were uh, Mike's age. Uh, I was young. I'm younger than Mike by like uh, four years. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, so these people were older than me. These are my sister's friends that were in this band. And I, you know, I, they liked the Ramones. I discovered the Ramones. I, I liked the Ramones. Yeah. And then I saw they, they were a little older. They were doing it. They were doing it. And yeah. that, for me, was like, I mean, I, that's, I started every musical thing I've done. And like, I mean, not that I've done, you know, a ton like recently, but when I was in high school, yeah. I was definitely uh, in a band that played all the time. Yeah. And that's that was that was the direct reason why it was like, you know, it was this link. It was like they it was it was literally almost like the Ramones gave everybody a gift of like you, it, it, the gift was you could do this, too. And they that's I got that from them, too. And mm-hmm. that was like a special thing, you know? Yeah. Um. So after that. After yeah. that, okay, Road so to Tommy ruin. leaves this band. Yeah, but uh, he, he sticks around, though, I think, to, to help with, like, production. So, like, he wants to, but it never really works out that no. way. Like, he kind of just gets, like, like booted out. Because if you're yeah. not in the van, how are you really in the band? You know right. what I mean? These people are brothers. Um, so we, you get... Um, he leaves the band, and it's really like what the dynamic what we were describing earlier, like the the sandwich dynamic. Like mm-hmm. he was the only one that could make a sandwich for himself. That led him really to leave this band because he it was like he he couldn't stand to like watch to make wait for these people to kind of develop, you know, into yeah. less manic people. Yeah, because it being in their moans was tough, man. Like I said, like Dee was an addict, like Joey was OCD, and Johnny was a militant. All the time, he was he had the key. He was the one, you know, handing out the punishment if you yeah. want to say it like that. And so, like three hard personalities, and this dude's just like, yeah, I don't need this. I can I can live a life. I can see myself living a life outside of here. And so, I think that's why he left. Um, so you get drummer Marky Ramon in. Uh, Marky comes in. Marky was in Richard Hell and the Voidoids. Yep. Um, as the drummer, and before that, he played with uh Wayne County and the Backstreet Boys. And I'm so sorry, I do not root Jane Jane County and the Backstreet Boys um, because she was like one of the first. Um, uh, I don't. Uh, I would say like maybe like drag queen uh, performers in New York. Mm, okay. um, and she fronted a punk band, and he was the drummer for that initially. And then if we we're going way, way, way back, back, Marky Ramon used to be in, in 
Dust, Dust. Yeah. a power trio. Yeah. Everybody, check out that power tree episode. Um, I don't know if we covered Dust, but we, um, we didn't cover Dust. Dust are an awesome though. power trio, and Marky Ramones are uh, pretty. So you hear like the Ramones drumming is pretty standard of what it is. It kind of doesn't really switch up from song to song. It's kind of like one. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, it is a talent though, because I dare any drummer to play that fast for that amount of time. You can't. You need to practice it. It's very hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So. Yeah, it's cool, though, because you kind of think, like, punk drummer, pff, whatever. But, um, you know, he also could play metal chops in Dust, you know, yeah. he was, and then he, he found punk because I think he, he found it more um, artistically satisfying. Say. Okay. Um, so, anyway, he enters the Ramones from being in Richard Hell and the Voidoids, and um, he is the Ramones' uh, longest drummer. He comes in and out at some point, but um, he's the Ramones' longest drummer. And mm-hmm. so a lot of people would hold Marky as a core a core like almost founding member of the Ramones, even though he's not. Um, yeah. But like, you know, cause he was with the band the longest. So, and so he, yeah. So the first album with featuring him was road to ruin. Yeah. Road to ruin, yeah. uh, which, you know, has classic songs. I want to be sedated. Um, I find that this is when the Ramones start to come off the rails on their studio albums. Yeah. Uh, because the, like they were just trying to bring in producers. Everybody was trying to make this band a hit instead of trying to like, just like forge it out and have the fans they had and kind of go slow and, you know, let more arty producers produce. Like, you know, it's like the Stooges' first album is like John Cale production, right? And like mm-hmm. that's how, in the second album, I don't know who produced that fun house, but they realized that they just needed to play live in the studio and that's how you're going to get that sound, right? Yeah. So that that method, like, I feel like at this time, this is like the turn of the 80s. Now, now record companies are big, 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 big business at this point. This wasn't the 60s. The 60s was like the naive growing period where, like, yeah. you got a lot of artists who could make a bad and then a good record again. But by this point, you needed a hit and you needed sales and blah, blah, blah. You know, sales, hit, hit, sales, hit. That's all it was. And, the you know, that's where we get this garbage music industry that we have today. Yep. Is the through about... Probably like the turn in the mid seventies. Corporate all, greed, man. Corporate greed. Yeah, let's talk about it. It's corporate greed. It's, yeah, it's absolutely. Crap. It's a business, man. Yeah. They, so they, they would get know? these producers in that didn't know crap about the Ramones, and then they would overproduce the records. And not that like Road to Ruins a crazy overproduced record, but it's yeah. just not. You know what I mean? Like someone should be going in there and like talking the high art concept that me and you are with them because they get yeah. that. That's where they're coming from. But they're like, "Where's the hit?" So I mean, Road to Ruin. It's you know a good album. Um, it, I, I've obviously listened to it many times all the I'll way say through, this. but I was underwhelmed. Yeah, uh, under it, when you listen to uh, Rocket to Russia, and then that's the follow up. You're like, okay, yeah. But it does have their most, I th- maybe the second most or most recognizable song is probably Blitzkrieg Bop. You know, Hey Ho, Let's Go, Everyone. Yeah, but um, and I get it. Like you, you listen to it and you get it, right? I get it, but I'm yeah. like. It has I Want to Be Sedated, which everybody really knows. Because yeah. I hear that. If I hear a Ramon's song I'm, on the radio, that's the only one I hear. I'm a debut album guy, though. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, most... For the first, I mean, first four, you know, you have Ramon's Leave Home, Rocket to Russia, It's Alive. Like, yeah. that's, that's the core classics. And, it's, and it, what's so funny is that there seems to be that kind of a common sort of thing with, like, all the greatest bands. You know, what are the, fir- what are the best Black Sabbath albums? Oh, the first albums. First, first four. four. The what? What are the best Led Zeppelin albums? First four. First four. Um, I actually heard Killer Mike make that statement the other day. Oh, did he? Yeah, and he threw. <laughs> and he threw. I think he threw like. A, I mean, I'm sorry, I forgot the rappers he threw in because I was so I was surprised that he was like Led Zeppelin first four albums. He's like anything else trash. He's like, yeah. I, he's like, I want to make those first four. Yeah. You know. Yeah, man, and um, you know, and and obviously, 
uh, these bands go on and things kind of get a little wonky and stuff. You see that with Zeppelin. You see that with yeah. uh, Sabbath. And I feel like you kind of do see that with the Ramones because when they brought Phil Spector in to oh, do man. End okay, of the Century. Let's just, let's just really like kind of hit this hard for a minute. Okay. I'm so gl- I'm I don't like End of the Century, but I'm glad that Phil Spector somehow produced the Ramones. It's like one yeah. of the most. It's the craziest thing of all time. It doesn't it, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, but it makes the mo- it makes so much sense that it makes no sense because you listen to the Ramones, and I'm sure Phil Spector saw it. He went, "This is this is my music for the times. This these yeah. are these guys are playing rock and roll." Uh, but Phil Spector, everybody by this point. Was pretty off his rocker. He's in jail now, I think. Yeah, did he kill his wife? He killed her, right? Yeah, I thought she... he shot her. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I couldn't remember if it was attempted murder or if it was murder. <laughs> oh murder. my god, I don't know. I hope it was attempted. I hope he didn't kill her. Really? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, I think, I think he did kill her. Yeah, I'm pretty, you know, Phil Spector was a pretty garbagey guy. Everybody. But if you want to see a really funny interview with him, watch the George Harrison documentary, and you can just he has see. layers and layers of hominies. Oh my god, perfectionist isn't the word. George Harrison was beyond a perfectionist. And he's sitting there and you hear him just like, blah, 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 blah. He's crazy that, wigs. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Stupid he's wearing wigs. Like the, he's wearing like this weird, like, blonde highlighted bowl cut wig. And you're like, what is, who is, what is this, who is this alien of a man? Right? Okay. So, that said, if we're talking Phil Spector production, uh, let's just talk like songs straight up. Uh, songs I think they work on. And me and Mike disagreed on this the other day because he listened to it and he went, man, I, I kind of like this record. I was like, ah, this garbage. This record's garbage. Yeah, bro. I don't know. Maybe this is a guilty pleasure record for me. Um, I think it works on uh, Rock and Roll Radio. I think the production on that is great. I think it works on Danny Says. I think that's a new tone for the band and I think it really worked. Yeah. I uh, really yeah, like, I, I like, think it's I a I think hi- Danny Says is a standout track. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a higher class. Uh, I'm not, I don't know if it's a higher class I want to be your boyfriend, but it's definitely a better produced kind of same you yeah. know but it's not even like i want to be your boyfriend it's just that it's more of a slower song it's about their manager danny fields it's actually like a tribute to him yeah um it, which is you know pretty sweet um but they let him go after this record though Sad. did they yeah no oh, sorry danny i mean he did put them through phil specter uh, <laughs> Ugh, um Lord. yeah so i think it works on danny says uh, i like the production on do you remember rock and roll radio um and I like on Rock and Roll High School. That's it, guys. Yeah. See, the the only song that Luke and I disagree on is Chinese Rock. See, but, I like but Mike, Chinese Mike, rock. have you listened to the Johnny Thunders version of Chinese Rock? I haven't. Okay, so Dee Ramon would hang out with Johnny Thunders because that's how he would cop heroin. Back in the day, that was his junkie buddy was Johnny Thunders. So he would go see Johnny Thunders. He's like, hey, man, uh, you know that song Heroin by uh, the Velvet Underground? And they were like, yeah, you know, that's a great song. You know, it's like the greatest song about doing drugs. Yeah. And uh, Dee Dee was like, man, well, I wrote half a song that's going to be the greatest song about doing drugs. It's called Chinese Rock, which is uh, slang for heroin. Um, so uh, they he ended up like kind of finishing it. But this is Dee Dee's song. Dee Dee wrote like 99% of the song. And the, he helped uh, Johnny Thunders help fill in some of the whatever. So... Or is it, is it, uh, is it Johnny Thunder? Or am I thinking? I'm sorry, it's not Johnny Thunder. Everybody, everything I just said replaced with Richard Hell. It was Richard Hell. Okay, I'm pretty sure. <clears throat> but anyway, um, it's one of those guys. I'm I'm a hundred percent sure it's one of them. Oh my God, he bleeds, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, <laughs> I have faults. Everyone, I can't remember everything. But um, no, I'm just I'm so they finish the song, and I think they end up kick. They definitely kick out Richard Hell anyway out of uh, the Heartbreakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Heartbreakers end up recording Chinese Rock first because the Ramones wouldn't do it because Johnny was like, I-, I ain't singing songs about drugs. Like you're a druggie, I ain't singing songs mm-hmm. about it. 
Um, so Thunders put it out, and it's awesome. Johnny Thunders put it out. It's so good. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, you mean Heartbreakers. Oh, yeah. You John- said Johnny Thunder. Yo, yeah, Johnny Thunder and the Heartbreakers. Oh, okay. I'm Same sorry. band. I'm Same sorry. Band. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, uh, they put it out, and it's really, really good. And then I hear this one, and it is trash. I will play it for you after. You're going to be like, okay, I get I'll it. I'll have to A-B it then. Yeah, yeah. You'll def- but, that, but, I- but then, like, live, guys, when like, Ramones would play Chinese Rocks live, it's a great song, and they played it a lot. They, they, it was it was in the set list pretty yeah. frequently. But I will say, yeah, I mean, from what I had seen, the consensus even in the band was just that, like, yeah, you know, the Phil Spector thing worked for the slower songs, the kind of, you know, but uh, but everything else they weren't really yeah. totally happy with. But to be honest with everybody, I'm glad it exists because I'm glad I live in the world where Phil Spector, uh, who is a horrible person. <laughs> yeah. But a, a one of the best producers of all time. Yeah. And I'm glad that I live in a world where he saw the Ramones as one of the best bands of all time. Yeah. For a hot minute. You feel me? Yeah. No, I feel I, you. I, I, they deserve it. And yeah. they deserve to have a better album. But, you know, you get what you get. Yeah. And it's the, t- you know. And that, okay. So after that, Phil Spector is the last great hope for this band. And then after that, everybody's like, this is the best band. Someone's got to do something for this band. And then nobody does anything for this band. Yeah. Anything that's worthwhile. The only thing that the Ramones ever got, they did for themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's like the sad truth of it is that the music industry for the, really the rest of the 80s kicked the crap out of this band. Yeah. And then you get the kind of the rise of punk in mm-hmm. the 90s. And um, the Ramones are still a band, everybody. And every band in the 90s punk movement from Nirvana to the Offspring to Green Day to No Effects to Rancid uh, Soundgarden Pearl Jam they were all screaming Ramones, 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 Ramones it's the Ramones, the Ramones, the Ramones, the Ramones and still this industry did nothing for this band Um, but towards the end of their career in the late 90s or I mean the late 80s I think actually maybe from the mid-80s, I think like later though, um, the Ramones discovered that they had a giant fan base in South America. And oh. when I say giant, I mean on Beatles-level fame, and that is not an exaggeration. Um, they were loved in South America, and to this day, they still are. I found this fact out because when I first started looking up Ramon songs on YouTube, when I was like in high school, when YouTube was first invented, mm-hmm. <laughs> most of the comments on the Ramones, and I think to this day, are in Spanish. No shit, huh? Yes. So it's all these like you know Brazil are, are not in Spanish, but um like uh, the, well, there's por- well yeah Brazil is Portuguese yeah, and then um. And then everything else is Spanish. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I just don't want to be I mean, like different dialects. You know, yeah, different dialects and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, but it's in like, uh, it's all in different languages and they're all like South American. And that is amazing. They're, if you look up footage from the Ramones, they would play sold out soccer stadiums. I, I'm talking like 30,000 yeah. people. I'll like, tell you this, man. South American fans are no joke. Well, there's there's also no a, joke. a great um, documentary, I guess. It's just like pretty, it's raw footage that's clipped together called Ramones Raw. Mm-hmm. And it has some of uh, the raw footage of them in the van yeah. trying to leave their hotel. And it's like the Beatles or Michael Jackson. They're slamming on the car door and they're in a van because they don't have money, guys. They're yeah, on the right, tour bus. Right. <laughs> but they're going to go sell out the soccer stadium. Right. But when they come home, they can't sell out like a 3,000-seater, some, right. some towns. 
And that was the legacy of this band. It was just like nobody liked them or nobody wanted them. They were always the outcasts and everybody yeah. that grew off of them grew off of them big and hard and, and it's, giant. it's kind of like they it, it, uh but like if people tried to give them a chance though they played like uh uh Flusa on the last on their last tour mm-hmm. you know people were trying really rob zombie was always championing the band yeah they're on that chili you know all these bands were always championing them very it's sound garden they were always yeah. being eddie vetter was a great friend of the band lemmy like we were t- saying earlier yeah. everybody was trying to make this band you know more um, accessible you know what's funny is uh when you i listened to the episode of fight for your friends podcast that luke had featured on our boy george shout uh, out you to just george. said george's band it's called feel feelings oh feel bro. feelings i'm sorry i'm so sorry george. Oh, well shout out to george's uh and that's his, yeah his george's band. music project yeah fight absolutely for your friends. check that out fight but also friends, check out his streaming. podcast feel feelings which feel feelings, yes. i was uh featured on last week yeah um but there was something that you had said on that where you're kind of where you're talking about how like uh the black keys were used on uh like some car commercials and then now more car commercials are playing songs that aren't the black keys but kind of sound like the black keys yeah, remember those like Levi Jeans commercials yeah, with the Ramones yeah. in it? Yeah. But that's what I'm saying. Yeah, where like the Ramones kind of fell victim to that too, I think. Where in other words, like the music industry took what they liked from the Ramones and then kind of just like threw them away. They were yeah. like, oh, hey, thanks for Blitzkrieg Bop. And, uh, you I know, all oh, that. I want to be sedated. I want to be sedated. Oh, hey, ho, let's go. That's that's a, that's a fun line. You know, oh, thanks. 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 Oh, yeah, by the way, fuck off, guys. Yeah, like, <laughs> you get know what out I mean? of here. Yeah, like thanks for the music. Now you can go, like, you know. Okay. So, yeah, like that was the statement. I feel like Tide changed when – I don't know when the Tide changed. I, I, I want to say it was probably the internet era. I feel like yeah. all these Ramones fans on, in the internet era and maybe like around the late – I feel like attitudes really changed. And I feel like really people really started to clamp down and really say that the Ramones were worthy. Yeah. And that they were important and that, that they did stand for everything yeah. that rock and roll stands for and that they, they you know, they were on par with like the Beatles. I'm telling you, man, I, I, they were so revel. You think of all the bands that were, are inspired by the Ramones. Now this is the music, the rock music we're hearing today is directly, it was so heavy that those out oh, first yeah. four records. Yeah. Blew people's minds. And the fact that their sound Although it was new and fresh and raw, was pop. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like to the it core. had, they to the had, core. they had um, that ability to just to write a catchy song, right? Because I mean, isn't that what pop music is? Pop music is popular music, and it's popular because it's catchy. Because you can you can hum it. You know, you can get a you can get a line stuck yeah, in your head or something it, you know like what that. It, it has is, that quality it, you, to it. You know what's great about the Ramones at this point too? Because like it's got a good bad thing where like they take what they want. The good thing is it's the Ramones almost have like a smoke on the water effect Mm. where so many people were influenced to pick up an instrument because they knew that song was easy and maybe they could play it and maybe they heard that song before. Yeah. The Ramones to me are that is good in that aspect because everybody knows, hey, ho, let's go. And then if you dig a little deeper, there might be a lot there for you that you never knew. Yeah. And that's the that I think you know you hear it in a commercial and you go whatever you see someone someone I you know famous wearing a Ramones logo shirt yeah you know and and they're like that's the whole you know the thing yeah also Ramones logo uh, everybody should go I don't know if we're gonna have time to really touch on them today but uh, Artiro Vega was the Ramones art director and this image that the Ramones have too. That was he was an art guy. He made the uh, the uh, presidential seal logo 
Um, oh, yeah. We touched on him when we were talking about Black Flag. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. Because uh, Raymond Pettibone is to Black Flag what Artero Vega was to the Ramones. Right. Uh, and this man, too, Artero Vega, he housed the Ramones. He let them stay at their house. You know, he, he was the one that gave them a place to be and made them what they were. You know, right. so it, very important. I definitely go look him up. Um, and he took some of the most striking photos of the band as well. I believe he was influenced to make the presidential seal after photographing them in D.C. Okay. And the Ramones are about as American as apple pie. So yeah. that's why you get that seal. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So we, we, we covered kind of, you know, I guess we would say the classic lineup and then into kind of like the Phil Spector era. Uh, we're kind of running short on time. So one thing I just wanted to, two things, right? First off, I listen as I was listening to Brain Drain, I thought this is kind of metally. So maybe to our listeners that um like metal but don't really know how to maybe say approach the Ramones. Not that I don't think And it, I, it's it's covers too, so more accessible there. Right. Um but I thought, oh well this is this is a cool and granted, I mean, okay, it comes later. It's eighty nine is when it comes out. But it's just for me, I listen to it and I'm just kind of like Oh yeah, I definitely would have probably gone down like the Ramones rabbit hole during that time in my life when I was into metal had I listened to Brain Drain maybe not necessarily but I don't know I just for me it was just like oh, harder thinking, hitting it's heavy I was heavy. thinking Acid Eaters I'm so sorry Brain Drain is the heavier one yeah, that's yeah got, and um, Brain Drain has Pet Cemetery. yeah Pet Cemetery. does yeah. that have uh, highest, highest trails above uh, no no it has um, I believe in miracles. Oh yeah, that's the one I was zero thinking zero of. UFO. Yeah, great. I, I believe in miracles is a, don't I bust mean, my chops. Punishment fits the crime. All screwed up. Yeah, like um, guys, I believe in miracles. Uh, if you like Pearl Jam too, they do a great cover yeah. of it. Oh, Pal- was it Palisades Park? Yeah, that's a cover, dude. Yeah, uh, I don't know who sings that original, but that's a, uh, like a throwback cover too. You know, something Ramones would do all the yeah. time. So I just I just wanted to throw that out as an honorable mention album for, for oh, like I'll, I'll say like I'll later out. Ramones I'll catalog that I'd say that is that's my maybe listen suggestion coming from a metal perspective. Last this is my like I think like the last great classic like if start to finish I feel like every, it's a great statement is yeah. the Ramones too tough to die. That's my shout out uh, record here is like after the first four you know you get up to Phil Spector. Uh, this is the comeback album right here yeah is uh, too tough to die is like one of my favorite and that's with uh, uh, the third drummer richie i was gonna say who yeah. brings in like an awesome energy into this band uh mama's boy mama, 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 mama's boy it, every song hits like a classic ramon song and that's why i really like it um also you get the awesome instrumental durango 95 mm. which they would start every show with after i think to the end of their career i believe they started every show at durango 95 uh warthog one of the the most punky, the punkiest, thrashiest song the Ramones ever did, mm. uh, sung by Dee uh, uh, sings it. Uh, oh, it's so good! It's so yeah, good. Yeah, Dee when he sings, I have sometimes I have a hard time. Uh, Warthog is my jam. <laughs> you can't understand anything he says; it's amazing. But yep. the, the words are about doing drugs. So well, there you go. Surprise, surprise. Um, but yeah, I love War like Durango '95 and Warthog is amazing. Like Danger Zone, Chasing the Night, Howling at the Moon is like a great pop song. Um, yeah, everybody, that's my shout-out record, is Too Tough to Die. It's their most comeback album. It is great and rocks just like the first four. Right on. The only other thing I wanted to just make sure I would I would be uh, remiss, remiss 
if I didn't mention uh, Dee Dee's prolific um, hip hop career. Oh yeah, Dee Dee King. Dee Dee King. <laughs> Dee Dee King. Yeah, Dee Dee in the late eighties quit the Ramones and uh, made a rap album, but the rap album is uh, pretty punky. Uh, yeah. A fun part about it is the, the Ramones cannibalized some of the songs on it and yeah. used it on later albums. So hmm. that's that's a um, what's uh, the Crusher uh, is on the, I think their last album. And that yeah. song's like I'm the Crusher, King of the Ring. Like it's like a song about like I think wrestling or boxing or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like they actually because you listen yeah, to it I and you're that, like, like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll, you'll listen to exactly. it and you'll be like, what is this? This yeah, is crazy. what is going on right But at now? the same time, like we were talking about earlier, is that the Ramones, I think, had that hip-hop different outsider, outcast New York. Right. You know, and I I think he just thought he could go for it because maybe he it kind of felt like that too. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I think... It does not play out very well. Though. No, I, uh, I wasn't really into funky it. Man. Even, funk, what's funk, even, funk, what, funk, dude, funk, what's funk, even funk, worse... Funk, funk, funky. I'm not gonna like go into like what he said, but I saw an interview where he started talking about it, and then he started talking about, you know, the black communities that oh. were also putting the music out, and he made a couple of comments, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's a little, oh. it's a little cringy. It's a little cringy. I was like, bro, the thing, stop talking. Oh, that's the thing about Didi is some his in the songs so art so articulate and, and beautiful and childlike, but then on, on another level, so just like in your face, like. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay. Anyway, so yeah, I think I think that about wraps it up. We, we talked about up. the Ramones for a long time. We today. did, we did. I think we're running a little bit uh, longer as this episode, but that's okay. We're we enjoy doing it. So Yeah, um, we'll give you uh, we stuff we listen to on our Instagram, so check it out. Yeah, check out our Instagrams. Oh, we hope I you know, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh we have some kind of fun things planned out in the works for different episode ideas that we'd like to do. Um and uh, you know you'll be hearing more about that as time goes on. But yeah, we uh, thank you for listening. I've been Mike. I've been Luke. I just want to say, uh, hey ho, let's go and gaba gaba hey. Gaba gaba hey. See you next time, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. This has been a presentation from the Wasted Robot Network. For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts.